Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Aaron. And I'm Damien. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want interdependent study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. Uh, and Damien, I believe you're up this week. Yes, sir. Uh, so what are you bringing to the table today? All right. So I have brought a documentary to the table for us to talk about today. Uh, it is called Rise Again, Tulsa and the Red Summer. And sort of in a nutshell, it follows this Washington Post reporter named Deneen Brown and her efforts to both investigate and, and, and document the discovery of a mass grave site in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, which was sort of created after the 1921 race massacre that took place there. Um, and sort of alongside that, the documentary also shares the broader history and context of the, the violence and destruction and and real atrocities that were committed against black people and black communities, both in Tulsa and, and throughout the country uh, in what has been referred to as the Red Summer. Uh, and I would go so far as to say it was also the Red Fall of uh, 1921, uh, but also the year surrounding 1921 as well. Um, so, yeah, it was... I think it was a really good documentary. Uh, you know, there was a lot that I learned uh, and there were definitely some tough moments and, and mm -hmm. information presented in it too. But, you know, I think that makes sense given the history of this country and the fact that there's just some real ugly history uh, in our yeah. country uh, that we have to reckon with, you know? And, and I think that, right, like this idea of reckoning with our history is just a huge part of why this documentary is so important. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for us to talk about it today, and I'm um, as always, my friend, curious to hear uh, what you thought about it. Where do you want to start? Yeah, um, well, I want to start with what you said about reckoning with our history. It's a huge part of I think why the documentary is so important, but it's yeah. also it feels like a, a um, undercurrent of what it is that we are trying to do here. Yeah, on, on the podcast Absolutely. as well. So um, yeah, um, but in terms of the documentary, there's. There's so much uh, here uh, in terms of history, um, you know, and w I think we've talked a lot about how much history is actually hidden from us and wiped from mm -hmm. curricula, textbooks, classes, and so on. Um, and I really appreciated the framing at the beginning of the documentary about how when people talk about um, race riots, like right now, um, I think people frequently think of things like L.A., in 1992 yes. in the wake mm -hmm. of the acquittal of the officers who brutalized Rodney King on videotape. Um, and so that's the kind of like common uh, colloquial image that we have in our minds like today. Yeah. But in actuality, you think about the history of race riots in the U S is white mobs attacking people and killing black people and destroying black communities. Um, and that was mentioned by uh, one of the historians in in the documentary, who yeah. whose name I forgot to write down um, in this moment. But yeah, I, the documentary, as you kind of talked about, um, it, it talks about a few of those um, massacres and riots that happened, uh, but it also showed a map of dozens that happened in 1919 and I think 20 and 21, like around that time frame yeah. too. So um, there there's a lot of history here that we don't know because it's hidden from us, uh, in a lot of ways. And so, um, yeah, I think this documentary is 
is is so important for people to watch and try to understand um you know the history that we have inherited and what it means to us to continue to live here um yeah that's right. a good point absolutely and i mean you really read my my mind right like i think that was one of the most significant things that i took away from this documentary and, yeah. or you know or sort of put another way like that was reinforced for me in, in watching this documentary the the importance of knowing and understanding our history, right? And that's yep. so crucial, right? Uh, so you mentioned the researcher. His name was Cameron McWerther. That's his name. I got you. Uh, <laughs> and so he made these comments about the history of white mobs in in, in this country, right? And, yep. Uh, uh, I have some notes here. He's a reporter for the Wall Street Journal, uh, and he's an author, uh, and he's written a book about the Red Summer and what took place in Tulsa uh, and throughout our country during that time period. Um, and so what he says, and what you just alluded to, right, I'm certainly paraphrasing here, he said that throughout the breadth of American history, a significant number of the race riots that have taken place in our country have been largely perpetrated by white mobs yep. and those white mobs attacking black people in black communities. And, you know, it was, I mean, I had to stop the documentary at that point, like, and sort of think about that, because you're right, right? Some of that history are things that that isn't sort of the colloquial image that always comes to mind, right? Mm -hmm. um, even someone who looks like me and thinks about this and we talk about this week in and week out, right? right. Like it's still, I think that's fascinating and and it is part of history that we don't always talk about. So, um, you know, I had, to, I had to pause there, but then, you know, I didn't actually have to go too far to think about it because the documentary, as you said, showed us some of the most catastrophic race riots uh, that were perpetrated by white mobs in this country, right? Like, yeah. We see um, what white mobs did in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Elaine, Arkansas, and in our backyard here in Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. and and Omaha, Nebraska, right? And and I think what they did uh, as a bare minimum descriptor was just unconscionable, right? What these white mobs did. Yeah. Um, and so I think like to connect all the dots here for me, right? Like I say that knowing and understanding our history is important when I think about what took place in. Omaha, Nebraska, in September of 1919, um, with the they tell the story of the lynching and sort of egregious torture. Yes. Uh, I mean, it was awful. Um, of William Brown, who was a black man falsely accused of raping a white woman. Um, uh, you know, the story that we learn about in this documentary is how you know he was lynched and tortured by a white mob and that white mob literally stormed a united states courthouse to carry out uh this vigilante justice uh, yeah. uh against him and and i don't know was it just me or did that remind you of something oh yeah um <laughs> the the image they show of the people these white people outside of this courthouse looked uh, eerily similar to the images we saw on January 6th of mostly white mobs attacking yeah. like the U.S. Capitol. That's um, it. And so, uh, yeah, it just felt like this, um, like sort of almost like a photocopy yes. of those images, yes. just like with, a, you know, a little bit of a... Um, the, the things that like Xerox and copy machines do to photos and stuff where like it gets a little distorted and you're like, that's a little bit different, but it's really, uh, really similar. Yeah. Um, Literally, as you said, scaling the building, scaling yeah. the building. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, there's an image I think of people like climbing that building too in, in 1919 or, or uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, as well. So mm. it's, it's like a, a hundred year jump in time, but it's the, the very similar image. 
Um, yeah. And so I think as I think about this and like sort of what we talked about so far and, and, and hiding history, it also reminds me of our conversation from last week about critical race theory and the attack on critical race theory, which, you know, as we talked about is really just an attack on being able to discuss history and racism in, in history. Um, and in the present day. Um, but I think that that backlash against learning that real history is, I think what is so frightening to me, um, is that, you know, we're just going to keep hiding the truth from ourselves and not be able to actually reckon with what it means for society. Um, that we, we have this history. Um, and if we don't know how, if we don't know what the history is, we, we don't know how to move forward from it and heal yes. from it and do, do any of that. Right. So if we're just, we're just ignoring it, it's just like ignoring a, a wound. Mm. Um, so I think, um, yeah, it's just so, it's so interconnected and, and yes. important, um, to know what's happened then, uh, and how that's connected to what's happening now. Literally what's happening now, what's happening, yeah. what happened on January 6th, right? Like there's yeah. so much connection here to um, what happened then, you know, with this Omaha riot and this red summer and, and all of these incidents to, to what's happening now, right? And so right. that, again, just to me speaks so clearly to the point of why it's important to, again, know and understand our history, right? Because, you know, as we've talked about, right, our history is repeated over and over and over again in this country. Um, And so I also think that's why, uh, or this reinforces for me, right, why anti-racism education and work is important, right? You know, especially as we work towards being sort of just a better society and country, um, you know, and certainly as we talk about, as we work towards collective liberation. Yeah, we... Yes, we, we have to do this kind of work and and take on that history to, like, as I said, understand what it means to, to us today um, because we're still feeling the repercussions of so many elements of history um, that have happened that we're, we don't talk about, but, but there's still like symptoms of things that are, that happened decades or a century or centuries ago um, that are still reverberating in yes. us today. Mm. Um, yeah. That's a that's a brilliant point, my friend. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk with you about and and certainly I wanted to amplify here in our on our podcast was, you know, the parts of the documentary that featured the stories of actual survivors of the Tulsa race massacre. Yeah. Um, because for me, that was really one of the most powerful parts of the whole thing, um, because I think we all need to hear it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I think I don't think there's anything like hearing sort of this firsthand account um, of folks and from folks who were actually there when it happened. Um, and sort of related to that, there's a lot of, um, Deneen does some work to go to different historians and and librarians and whatnot. And we see, um, postcards and, and photographic documentation of what happened too at these riots, right? Like people were actually out here taking photographs, Mm -hmm. um, as, uh, literally buildings and cities were on fire. Um, and then selling those photographs as souvenirs, right? Yeah. So it wasn't like a. Oh man, yeah. It wasn't like a you know newspaper reporter who's there to document the scene. It's people who are like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of this because we need to remember it and and use it as a souvenir. Which yeah. one of the archivists talks about is also connected to what happened during lynchings, where yes. photographers would do the same kind of thing and yeah, take a picture and then immediately come back and sell souvenirs of postcards at of, the site of this at the site where the yeah, yeah. which um, 
I mean, it's just disgusting, right? Like, yeah. to, I don't, and that's the piece about all this that sort of gets me is sort of the, you know, the humanity of it, right? Like to be at the scene of that and to watch it and to think, I'm going to take a picture of this, go back and make the prints and then come back and sell this as, a, you know, a human being lays or hangs um, right. from a tree. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get yeah. it. So, um, so, you know, there's there's that piece, too. But, you know, in this documentary, we hear stories from these black folks talking about being in their homes in Tulsa as children, because many mm-hmm. of them are, are, you know, senior citizens at this point, obviously. Um, and, you know, they talk about experiencing being awakened in the middle of the night. Right. And yep. having their homes looted and their possessions stolen and, you know, having their homes literally set on fire um, and ducking and dodging bullets and bombs all around them. Um, and, you know, it was difficult to listen to. There was, you know, there was obviously some imagery that was on the screen as well. And it was all really sort of hard to fathom, you know. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to sort of imagine that experience or to be, you know, tr- you know, you try to put yourself in that shoes of like sleeping and then all of a sudden being awakened and, and all of that is going on around you and how heartbreaking that is and the trauma that that, you know, um, that that is. Um, so I, that's, this is one of the main reasons why I definitely would encourage folks to, to watch this documentary and to, and to, um, engage in this because, you know, those stories are important, right. And that's again, mm-hmm. a part of the history of this country. Right. And, um, it's important to sort of hear that and learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. Those stories were so moving, um, cause they're stories of terror and, like just horror mm-hmm. um and in each one of them there is a nugget of like survival and love because there's oh. different ways that people they're sharing how they took care of each other yes. right um and so there it's like um i think that's one of the reasons why it's they they feel very important to me too is like it it has a full breadth right like it's not just about the horror but it's also about like what they had to do for each other to make it through some of those things which i think is um important as well um and then i think yeah so i i think that the the commission that the city of tulsa put together in the late 90s captured a lot of the video that we saw in the documentary they used a lot of that footage yep um and you know there's also testimony of survivors who are still alive mm-hmm. um, that happened in front of Congress a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, these stories have to be preserved and told. Um, and we can't hide these stories and the thousands and thousands similar to them anymore as we talk about all these other massacres that happened across 1919 and in the years surrounding that that summer and fall. Um, you know, we can't hide from them. Like, what does it mean for us to hide from them? You know, like I, it's, it's just so, um, twisted that we can't, you know, I guess face it and be like, this is, this is what happened. This is what we are. This is a piece of what we are. It's not the totality of it, but you know, what does it mean for us today? Um, and we, we just, we're hiding them. Um, and I think it's important that we preserve them so that we have access to them for years to come. Right. right. Well, and I love that you talk about the the other side of it, right? The sort of love and family and the yeah. ways in which they looked out for one another. Um, because that was a piece of it. I agree. The horror, the terror, the trauma. Um, but there are, there's also a story there about, you know, 
what white mobs are and what mm-hmm. white supremacy is and mm-hmm. what it does and what it is capable of, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I mean, that, you know, speaks to sort of what I talked about, about taking pictures of lynchings and, and, and you know, these massacres, and but also like the, the, the threat and the, the work that white supremacy is to literally go into neighborhoods and set houses on fire, yeah. you know? That's a piece of this too, a huge piece of this. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And um, I th- it reminds me of what the uh, Reverend Dr. Robert Turner um, from the AME Church in Tulsa said. Um, this is a quote. He said, that's one of the curses of the ideology of white supremacy, which is you make an idol out of whiteness and whiteness has to always be superior to everybody else. And so what does a lie do when it confronts the truth? Mm. It either awakens to the truth or it destroys the truth and continues to believe the lie. Um, so this is a this is a man you see him in the documentary. If you watch it, showed up uh, as a as a pastor in Tulsa, um, not expecting to take on the role that he has in the community, where he is consistently um, telling the story of of the Tulsa massacre in front of city hall weekly yep. Yep. and then leading a march in protest of community members demanding um sort of the acknowledgement of it the the um and reparations honestly so um yeah. i i think that that uh, is a powerful piece of this story too in terms of us understanding and reckoning with what that actually means too right because yeah. that's uh, certainly connected to january 6th that we talk about modern day and it's connected to Police brutality, in a lot of ways, is connected to a lot of the things we talk about on the podcast. Is what happens when a lie confronts the truth. Yeah, I loved. I'm so glad you brought that quote up. I love yeah. that quote, and I, I appreciated everything about him. Right? You know, he, mm-hmm. he said he talked about. I just, I didn't expect to sh- uh, to turn into an activist. You know, I showed yeah. up here to. I think he said like kiss babies and shake and go hands, to, and kiss go, babies, yeah, and go to baby showers, go to baby like, showers and yeah. weddings. And I was like, there was something about him that was really uh, charming and endearing, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I want to be his friend. But then, yeah. I mean, he he fell into this work, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, like you said, week in and week out is doing this work because he believes it's important. And so, but I also very much so appreciated his comments about what white supremacy is. So yeah, yeah. thanks for pulling that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I mentioned reparations just a second ago. Let's yeah. talk about this for a minute. Um, we've talked about it on the podcast before mm-hmm. uh, in the context of enslavement and the, imperi- and the period of enslavement. But, um, you know, there's also conversations I think to be had about um, reparations for massacres like this and, yeah. and what those massacres did to families and communities and stuff. You know, the Tulsa mayor talks about this in the documentary mm. um, that, and he said that it, it means different things to different people. Um, you know, st- to some people it means a cash payment from the city to survivors and their descendants. Um, and so he said that he's against that mm-hmm. uh, because current Tulsans sh- shouldn't be punished for what happened a century ago. Um and I, he said that, and I was like, "Well, I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, um, I get it. Uh, you're probably a numbers person. Yeah. Um, yeah, and looking at the at the city budget. Um, however, who is still being punished? Right, yeah. the survivors and the descendants of the massacre are still being punished in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an entire community that was thriving with families and businesses and lives, and it was all destroyed." like devastated. Yeah. Um, and so even if people survived, quote unquote, like physically survived, their livelihoods were taken. Yeah. They were left with nothing. And, um, you know, there were a couple stories told about um, people who couldn't find ways to rebuild because they couldn't uh, 
sell the land that their house used to stand on right. or, or, you know, that their business used to stand on. Um, and they, so they couldn't move forward in any way. And then they were silenced from like sort of speaking about it locally yeah. under threat of another massacre happening. So, yeah. you know, uh, which that is why they're just now looking for these mass graves that happened. Right. And that's what's centered on the document is because that, that silence um, that persisted for a long time. And so, you know, I get what he's saying. And that just means that the, the people who survived that um, are still being punished right, for, for it. So how do you reckon that? Yeah. I don't, how do you square that circle? I don't know. I don't know. I was really struck by that too with that mayor because, you know, I felt when we were first introduced to him, mm-hmm. I knew nothing about him, right? Yeah. But when we were first introduced to him in the documentary, I thought, okay, all right, this guy, you know, he's the one that sort of said like, we need to do this, right? He talked yeah. about his family and I think his his dad, his, his um, ancestors were mayors before him, yeah, right? Yeah, Folks yeah. before him and his lineage were, were mayors too. And, you know, he found out about this as a kid and asked questions and, and didn't get answers for it and did his own research and, you know, felt compelled that this was something important that Tulsa needed to reckon with, right? And so I had a lot of faith in him. And then we get to that point, right? And he's yeah. like, I don't know. I don't think that's what mm-hmm. we should do. And, you know, and I, and I, um, I'm now drawing a blank on who said it, right? But we've said it before here too. Like, if not now, when, right? Yeah. You know, at some point, right? It has taken us all this time to just now be talking about this, right? right. And to get to a place where Tulsa allows um, the the excavation of this of these mass graves, right? Mm-hmm. We're just getting to that point. But again, as you talked about, right? Like, entire communities, entire generations were devastated. Um, by this and so and that has had a lasting effect so if not now when right i mean because if you know you you can keep passing it down the road and then eventually it's like well we can't prove anybody is a descendant of any of this and so i guess we'll just let it go and that's not gonna be um helpful in any way either so um you know i think i think one of his points too was like there are lots of ways to think about what reparations could be and i agree with that and mm. i think that you need to think about how do we compensate the people who whose entire lives were taken because the city either perpetuated this or didn't do anything about yeah. it or or you know whatever like that's that's another th- thread uh in that in that story absolutely and it's connected to just a larger conversation around reparations at the national level too right like, yeah so certainly absolutely. tulsa has got to in my opinion in our opinion uh you know make some reparations here but that's connected to you know the reparations that need to come from the 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 whole united states uh yep. for for all of its atrocities so we've got to figure this out um for sure um, all right. Well, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about application. You know, I think a big piece of application from this documentary is something that I talked about earlier, right? And I'm just going to come back to it here, right? And that's sort of this the importance of, of knowing and understanding our country's history yeah. uh, because I, I think it's so important. And as I've talked about, like, uh, and, and we've talked about this in other episodes too, we're really bound to repeat our history in this country, right? We've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's human nature. Um, and so one of the things I'm really compelled by when I think about this in the context of this documentary and and our conversation last week too, right, about the misguided attacks on critical race theory um, is why it's so important to teach 
this history in schools, yep. you know, and uh, I, I, I can't quite remember who said it. It was probably in one of the tweets we looked at for last week. But, you know, what is the harm in teaching our children about the ugly parts of our history? Right. And what it means to yep. be anti-racist um, so that we can continue to work to dismantle the stronghold of of white supremacy uh, and white supremacist ideals in this country. Right. And hopefully mm -hmm. stop repeating these awful moments and behaviors in our society. Um, I just think that that's that's where we need to be going. Um, and so I think that application uh, has uh, direct applicability, if you will, for lack of a better word, to all of us, right? Not, yeah. not just our children, right? And what they will do in the future. It applies to all of us. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, with the way that the fight against teaching real history or real ideas around um, oppression, um, both in our history and in present day in schools is, is going to lead us to uh, maybe more folk schools, right? Where people are sort of mm -hmm. taking um, taking things into their own hands collectively, yeah. like in their communities and, and um, whatever that might mean, right? Because um, I think there, there are, if you think about sort of uh, freedom schools and folk schools and stuff, and there's a tradition there um, that happened well before you know, we had easy ways to publish things like podcasts or right. or websites or whatever. Like there's now sort of treasure troves of uh, media delivery services that we can use that would then craft. Um, we could use to then craft a like sort of curricula um, that students could, you know, students, kids, collectively communities yep. um, to learn about this history and really... Um, you know, do the job that I think uh, a lot of the right is trying to silence and, and squash. Um, so, you know, we know that this history exists um, and we have to teach it um, and teach it to ourselves, teach it to yes. our children, teach it in our communities and our families. Um, this is, you know, all of our history and a lot of it's ugly. Mm -hmm. um, and we have to understand what it means to be standing on the soil of, of these atrocities atrocities. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that, right? Like sitting on the, standing on the soil of uh, atrocities because literally yeah. in those places, right, they're standing on mass graves. I mean, some yeah. of them where they suspect that they are, are literally just in open fields. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. there are that, those are spaces that, you know, we could be picnicking on and, and playing right. on and all of that. Right. And so, you know, what is it, what does that mean for us? Right. Yeah. Um, and as we move forward with this. So yeah, mm -hmm. I appreciate that application for sure. Um, okay. So with that, I think it's homework time. Mm -hmm. uh, if that sounds good to you. Um, for me, I think this documentary really only scratched the surface, right. On what happened during the Tulsa race massacre and during the red summer. Um, you know, and I, I think I've definitely, I have, you know, learned a lot a little bit about all of this i think there's so much more um to learn and so yeah. some homework i want to do is you know i mentioned cameron mcwerther earlier i want to read his book um, his book is called red summer the summer of 1919 and the awakening of black america um, it came out back in 2012 i actually had not heard of it until uh, watching this documentary mm -hmm. um, but from the little bit of i googled it and did a little research you know it sounds like a, a really good narrative history of what took place um and so I, I i'm sure there's plenty to learn from it um so i definitely want to read that and i'm sure there are other great books out there uh, and media out there 
uh, that I want to look into. Um, and certainly, folks, if you've got suggestions, we would love to hear from you, too. So yeah. but I'll, I'll offer that book up as my initial homework for for this week. Um, how about you? Yeah. You know, um, I appreciate you mentioning that book because um, that was going to be on my list, too. But because I think we've been talking a lot about how much this history matters. And so that's yeah. tied into that history. Yeah. Um, and I think this quote that um, Deneen Brown says in the documentary really encapsulates a lot of this for me. Um, so she said, Tulsa did not happen in a vacuum. There's a direct connective thread from East St. Louis through DC and Omaha, Nebraska and Elaine, Arkansas, all the way to Tulsa. The patterns of the white mob attacking black people is the same in each of these communities. Many of the factors are the same. Economic envy, the fallacy of white supremacy, the accusations that a white woman was accosted by a black man. There are patterns in each of these massacres. The pattern set the stage for the Tulsa race massacre of 1921. Mm. Um, you know, and all of those bloody events in 1919 were connected by these threads. Yeah. Um, and our history... Uh, is connected to all that since that's happened, right? right. Like, um, so I think my homework is to learn a little bit more about the massacres that happened um, here nearby in DC that they mentioned in the documentary yep. um, and in uh, Annapolis, which is around the corner from us. Um, and, you know, I think anywhere that I've lived in my in my life. Like, yeah. uh, I think Raleigh was mentioned on the map that they show in the documentary. I lived there for a couple years in North Carolina. Um, and you know, anywhere, anywhere in Florida where I sort of have some kind of connection to looking into those two. Um, but I encourage people to look at the, you know, go back and look at that map. Um, yeah. That's shown in the documentary of, of where all these massacres took place, um, in 1919 and the years around it. Um, and then do a little digging and look around uh, your area to what or, or wherever you have sort of connections to um, and, and learn about what it is that happened and, and how you're connected to that history, um, however you might be or might not be connected yeah. to it. That's great. I, you know, and I, the other thing I'll mention, folks, is that right before we started recording, Aaron shared with me some some really great resources, mm -hmm. uh, websites that uh, have maps and information and history about uh, the Red Summer and what happened in 1919 and um, uh, an actual, like I said, maps that have um, by location what took place. And you can you can click on this a state and every sort of city or county or place uh, where some kind of massacre or race riot or, or incident took place. Yeah. Um, so we'll share that, right? Yeah, we'll share those out. One of them is is a map, like you said, the, of of the nineteen nineteen, and then another one that I found um, and somebody shared with me recently is a um, a map of sundown towns, right? Um, and some of those sundown towns have connections to um, massacres uh, as well in their history. So um, you can really we will post those, yeah, um, and you can really take a look at like what you're connected to and where you're physically connected to. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very good. I'm glad you found that. So we'll share that. Absolutely. Um, all right, Aaron, my friend, you're up next week. What are you bringing to the table in our next episode? Indeed. Um, I'm bringing an article by Carol Anderson, um, who we both really appreciated yes. in the all in documentary about voting rights. Um, and so this article is called America's gun obsession is rooted in slavery. Um, and it was published in the guardian, um, it's about a series of slavers, 
slave revolts uh, that terrified white residents and helped fuel the rationale for gun ownership um, then and through to today. So um, that's that's what we're going to talk about next week. Wow, we are, we're talking about guns, huh? Yep. Woo, all right. Uh, I'm excited to check out this article and mm-hmm. uh, looking forward to next week. All right, folks, with that, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what we want you to do, but in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating and review, share our podcast with the people in your life, Please follow us on social media and definitely sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we've got going on behind the scenes. Yes. Thank you for listening. Uh, And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. And we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) 